time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, March 22nd, 2021. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend and enjoyed all of the March Madness action we saw starting Thursday night with the first four, the 16 games Friday, the 16 games Saturday, eight on Sunday, and of course, eight more today to take us into the Sweet 16. Uh, Should be a great few games ahead. Both UCLA and USC are playing on Monday uh, up against uh, Kansas. The Trojans go up against Kansas and UCLA uh, will be taking on Abilene Christian in a 14 versus 11 matchup. So that should be interesting to say the least. Uh, Other than that, uh, some great matchups. Number one overall seed Gonzaga takes on Oklahoma on Monday as well. So some really good matchups on Monday to look forward to to kind of finish out the first weekend of March Madness. And there has been plenty of mayhem uh, to go around. Let me tell you, um, I I thoroughly enjoyed uh, watching games on Friday. There were some big, big upsets, probably most notably Oral Roberts taking down number two seed Ohio State, a 15 over a two. Uh, Awesome stuff. Uh, Oregon State, they stayed hot, taking down Tennessee. And uh, let's see, what was another big upset? North Texas beating Purdue, a 13 beating of a four in overtime. Just some really, really good basketball games on Friday. Saturday, the action continued. USC beat uh, Drake 72-56. The Gauchos from UC Santa Barbara, man, they hung in there. They were there. They had the game. They were up late. Uh, they just couldn't quite do it. They lost by one point to Creighton. Uh, devastating loss there for Santa Barbara. Another huge upset was Ohio beating Virginia a 13 over a four. So that's kind of funny. Ohio State loses, but Ohio advances. Very interesting stuff there. UCLA took down BYU. That was an 11 over a six. Uh, But UCLA, of course, a very strong tradition in basketball. And then the shocker, I think, of the tournament on Saturday anyway was Abilene Christian taking down Texas and uh, advancing. Abilene Christian is, of course, in Texas, I believe. And so for them to dethrone Texas is quite interesting. The action continued on Sunday with, uh, as I'm drinking my coffee, watching Loyola Chicago take down Illinois and uh, for bragging rights in that state. Really cool stuff there. So plenty of madness, plenty of action. Just uh, can't say it enough. March Madness really is the best postseason tournament there is. The best postseason, the playoffs. I love hockey playoffs. I love the NFL playoffs. I, I love college baseball. But there's something about this whole one and done thing, the the instant devastation, right, for the teams that lose. And and man, if you don't think we need sports, you don't think sports are important. I challenge you to look at some of the raw emotion you see on the basketball co- court with these teams. They they are they're so happy when they win. They're devastated when they lose. There's tears of joy, tears of triumph, also tears of uh of loss and devastation so uh there's so much drama that goes into this and it's just incredible and even if you don't like basketball or even watch it that much i've watched a lot less over the years i mean the ncaa tournament it absolutely delivered i can't believe we didn't have it last year 
uh, but it has come back with vengeance, come back uh, to announce its presence with authority and some great action ahead. Uh, just, I can't wait. I'm, I'm bummed next week that we only get uh, four games a day for the Sweet 16, followed up by two games a day. It just kind of dwindles down and it gets, uh, you know, just a little more sad as you go along. Um, we were uh, enough of March Madness. I, I love the tournament. I can't get enough of it. And um, I love seeing the mid-majors. Even if they don't win, they put up a fight. And it's always fun to, to see. And, and just ice water in your veins. You see the tension. It's just it's great TV. It's, it's fantastic. And I love being able to sit down and, and watch almost every game. Uh, okay, enough of the tournament. I'm going to talk to you guys today about what we had planned and what we are going to do. Originally, today was going to be a day where you heard me interview head football coach Mark Carson from Real Hondo Prep kind of as a um, a post-game interview, if you will, about the Pasadena Poly football game that was going to be played at the Rose Bowl on Friday. I was going to bring my microphones down there. I was going to interview players on the sideline. Uh, I had planned to be there with my good friend Todd Carson. We were going to be assigned a few other jobs, but we were going to try to commentate a little bit uh, and, and give you guys uh, kind of a, a rundown of, of what had happened in real time looking back. And that was the plan for Monday to have head football coach Mark Carson on the program um, and talking about what would have been one of the best experiences uh, of all time for not just Real Honda Prep students, but but any any student or any football player in, in uh, who's ever played the game in the Southern California, the opportunity to play in the Rose Bowl. Well, Thursday night, I had already put out my podcast for Friday, and I hope you guys tuned into that uh, with head football coach Deshaun Burns from Linfield Christian. Great conversation with him. But anyway, the, the, the podcast had been put out, and on Thursday night, devastating news. I saw it in a tweet from Mark Carson that Rio was looking for an opponent to play on either the 19th or the 20th, and I knew uh, what had happened. Pasadena Pauly canceled the game in the Rose Bowl. And I want to I want to be clear right now what I'm about to say. I want to be clear that I do not speak for Real Hondo Prep, for their administration, for their coaching staff, for their students, for the families of the students. I do not speak for them. So do not hold my words. Don't do not hold them responsible for my words. I'm sure they're plenty plenty angry. Maybe some of them agree with me. Maybe they don't. But I want to make it clear that what I'm about to say does by no means um does does it suggest these are the views of the administration of Real Hondo Prep this is Matt Hersema giving his thoughts on what happened and what i want to say first of all i'll also preface it by this i know that the poly head coaches and the poly players are probably well no they are they are devastated they wanted to play this game they wanted to play this game at the Rose Bowl and they had their hearts ripped out just like the students and coaches and families and everyone at Real Hondo Prep did. So I am not, what I'm about to say is not uh, a shot at them either because I know they really wanted to play. All right, but I want to say that the people who made this decision, um, shame on you. Shame on you. Um, we live in this world now where it's, Everyone just says, well, it's it's better to just fold up our tents and give up. There could have been a way to play this game. The game could have been played. 
But now everyone wants to feel good about themselves and cry in the name of safety and, oh, well, better safe than sorry. No. No. To the Pauli administration who made this decision because a student on campus tested positive for COVID, who's not a football player, probably has no interaction with the team, for you to just say, nope, stop everything. The world needs to stop. Stop turning. It's... I am so angry for the students, for the players, for the fans, for the coaches. After a football season got canceled, postponed in the fall, to now the spring, and then the spring to be a shortened season with three games or whatever it was supposed to be. And then to have this great opportunity, the teams agree, the the schools agree, we're going to play in the Rose Bowl, this is going to be great. Okay, there won't be fans there, we'll broadcast the game, whatever we got to do. To then rip that away, from everybody, and then in the name of safety. Oh, this is this is for safety. This is about the kids. You care nothing about the kids. Because if you cared about the kids, you would have played the game. Matt, well, it's dangerous. It's a pandemic. And oh, you could have found a way around this. There's no data to 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 defend this decision. None. Specifically with young kids getting COVID. There's no defense of this. You could have found a way. You could have had every member of that football team uh, take a test. And if, and, if, and if the kids tested positive, okay, then yeah, you probably can't play the game. Whatever. You can't be just reckless. You can't be foolish. But to cancel a game because someone in the student body got COVID? Who, I don't know. It's a small school like Rio. Maybe not as small as Rio. And so I don't know how much interaction there is there even is with the football team. But just because one student, maybe there's more. I don't know. Maybe I don't have all the information, and that's fine. I am venting to you about the information that I do have. I try not to call people cowards recklessly and just throw out the term, but I think we have a lot of cowards, specifically in Southern California, in the state of California. You look around the country, you look at all these other states that are able to play football. They found a way. Not only did they find a way, they found a way months ago. I am beyond furious about this. I know how important it was for for everyone to play this game. For the kids. If I was a high school kid, I would be so upset. But no one cares about kids. That's That's my point. No one cares. Everyone's, oh, we care about the kids. This is about the kids. No, it's not. You ruin the lives. Of so many kids, state of California, with your policies. Kids that couldn't play football. Kids that need, some of them need sports. They need going to school. They need these things to keep them going. And then you hide behind the blanket of safety with your decisions? You hide behind it? You don't care about the kids. Don't pretend that you do. Not for one second angers me. I care about the kids. I want to see them play a game that they love, that they've worked so hard to play months, months, and months of practicing. Hey guys, stay sharp. Hey, keep, keep practicing, keep practicing. No, never mind. Someone got sick. We, we can't play the game. This is, we, but we really care about you. No, you don't. It makes me sick. No pun intended. 
I'm not trying to diminish the uh, danger of the coronavirus, but let's be real. You look up around the country how many young people uh, have suffered traumatically from the coronavirus. You look it up and get back to me and all the millions of young people that there are. It's it's so upsetting, man. So upsetting. I I feel just I was so upset. I didn't know how I was going to say. I'm even I'm even biting my lip a little bit here with some of the things I'm saying. I want to say. So much work goes into something, and then for someone to just things get tough, so you just fold up your tents and leave. What what is that? What is that? I swear some people are so terrified of adversity these days. And the, the, the generation, people want to talk about, you know, young people. And I have my opinions about this, this generation and how soft everyone is. Okay. But I got to tell you some of the leadership, some of the adults, I got real issues with maybe kids are soft these days because the adults are soft. If you heard me talk with Coach Burns on Friday, we talked about, you know, is it is it weird coaching kids today because they change? And he made a great point. He says, kids haven't changed. It's the first time they've ever been 15 or 16 or 17. The adults are the ones that have changed and how they raise kids and train kids and how they are a role model for kids. Remember, you can be a negative role model also. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot of these days. Pasadena Poly, the administration, the people who made that decision, shame on all of you. I can't say it enough. And it, it's so sad for me. You know, Rio's been in this prep league forever, and I always respected Pauly's, even though there's a there's a, a rivalry there. I respected them a little bit more than the other schools, the Chadwick, the Flint Ridge, the, the you know, the the teams that pretend to care about sports. I think Pauly truly did care about athletics, so I always had a, a, a great deal of respect for them. I've lost a lot of respect. And I know a lot of people over there. I, I've shaken the hands of, of a lot of people that have been around the program. There's some really good people over there at Pasadena Poly. But to take this away from the kids and then, of course, in the name of safety, more damage has been done in the name of safety over the past year for so many different people. A lot more damage has been done then meets the eye. So I am uh, incredibly upset and um, I could go on and on, but I'm going to, I'm going to take a break now. I'm going to, I'm going to pause because I'll just keep rambling and we don't want to only have negativity here on the Monday edition of the podcast. Uh, what we are going to do instead is on Friday, I got to, again, my buddy Todd Carson and I, we were planning to go to the Rose Bowl. The game got canceled. So Todd had to settle for watching uh, March Madness, the first round games with me on Friday. He came over. We watched uh, all the games on uh, three TVs I brought in there. And while we were doing so, we turned on the Facebook Live. We did a live recording uh, on our camera. I got to get a better camera. I do apologize. I'll, I'll get to that soon. Maybe I'll start doing more videos. But anyway, uh, we did that. We watched basketball and we talked about March Madness, games from the past, uh, what Todd likes about the tournament. We got some comments from some viewers while the Facebook Live was going, so we answered their questions, shared some memories. I asked Todd about coaching philosophies, competitiveness. We talked about uh, just playing basketball, donkey basketball. A lot of uh, it was a fun format because we were just watching basketball and talking. 
and we included our, our audience. It wasn't, wasn't a huge audience, but I figured uh, you guys would enjoy hearing this. When I recorded it, I knew that it would be the Monday edition of our episode. So I was going to break down all the, all the action from the Rio game on Friday, but uh, those Panthers across the way in Pasadena, well, I should say their administration uh, made a, an awful decision one that uh, they will regret and I think they should be ashamed ashamed of ashamed for. And anyway, that's the last I'll say of it. Uh, we're going to talk some college basketball now with Todd Carson. Again, this was recorded Friday, so we didn't get a chance to talk about all of the major upsets or anything. But I got to tell you, I sat there and watched basketball with Todd. We had some pizza. We watched uh, almost every game. He didn't leave until the last game was over. And uh, it wasn't a bad second option to uh, – to not being able to watch real hondo prep play uh, rival Pasadena Poly. We had to settle for that and it was a great time. We had peace and quiet. We were able to just space out and watch some basketball. So it was quite uh, liberating and uh, good for the soul. And you guys are going to now hear the conversation we had while watching the NCAA tournament on Friday. I watched more games Saturday, Sunday, and I'm going to try to watch a few on Monday as well. Uh, but anyway, Without further ado, here is uh, my conversation I had with my good friend Todd Carson. We call it March Madness, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> while watching the NCAA tournament with Todd Carson on Friday. Sit back, relax, hope you enjoy the rest of the NCAA tournament, but for today, you will hear March Madness with Todd Carson. Okay, a special edition of the Get Home Safe podcast. I am recording with my good friend Todd Carson. We are live watching the NCAA tournament, March Madness. Todd, we should be somewhere else right now. A little disappointed we're not at the Rose Bowl, but this will have to do. How's it going, my friend? Yeah, it's great to be here, but I'm a, <clears throat> a lot of disappointed that we're not at the Rose Bowl. But uh, hey, compensate and adjust. That's what this year's all uh, been all about and uh yeah if i can't be there i think i'd rather be here <laughs> uh, you know this is i've always always wanted to just sit down and watch the tournament um but because of work and schedule and everything i've never been able to do that um as much as i'd like you know i'd catch a few games here and there especially the ones of local significance the pack 12 and so forth. Oh yeah. Um, but this is really cool just to sit down and, and watch, watch really good intense basketball. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And for those of you who don't know, and, and you have to pardon my, uh, my lack of technology here, uh, doing my best to make this live video thing work, but, uh, hopefully it, uh, it's something we can do in the future. Did it, did it one time with on election night with Bill Barnes and, I went okay, but this is a lot more fun. Just to give you guys an idea of our setup here, here's where here's what we're looking at. I don't know. Oh man, man alive! We got our our three TVs going, the big guy going. So we are locked and loaded here, Todd. We are ready to go. Um, we have to comment on the Poly Real Hondo game that was supposed to happen today at the Rose Bowl, three o'clock, and Thursday night. Pasadena Poly canceled the game and I'm beyond disappointed. I know a lot of people are disappointed. You flew down for the game and I took the day off of work. I mean, other everyone was really looking forward to this. So 
what are your thoughts on just the anticipation and then disappointment of the the game being canceled? Well, it's just too bad, especially for the players, um, coaches, and especially the you know the seniors. They've already been um, kind of gypped out of their senior year of sports. Um, and then to have this opportunity, you know, it's just like, wow, okay, things, uh, things are going to work out okay for us. <laughs> uh, and then uh, just to have, have it pulled, the rug pulled out from you, you know, it's, it's uh, another thing that uh, we'll have to build some resilience. Um, hopefully you can look at it that way that, <clears throat> you know, you're experiencing disappointment and mm -hmm. frustration and, and uh, learning how to bounce back. And because, um, you know, there's a lot, lot more to life. And, uh, but man, it's just, it's just too bad. That's all I can say because uh, <laughs> especially when it seems the reason it was canceled was, was seemingly insignificant and uh, you know, but an overreaction in my eyes. Now, I, I know that the players, coaches, probably families of those players and coaches wanted to play the game, but uh, the powers that be made the decision to cancel it and just extremely disappointing. I, I'm a little tired, tired, Todd, of the word cancel. We've <laughs> it, all year things have been canceled. We see cancel culture. I mean, I want to cancel the word cancel because I hate seeing... <laughs> things canceled. Uh, I'd rather see things postponed or something, but man, it was going to be quite a day. We were going to go to the Rose Bowl and be a, be a, be on the sideline there and uh it's unfortunate. Hopefully Rio gets to play a game, but I think this will definitely add to the rivalry that is uh Rio Hondo Prep and Pasadena Poly, don't you? Yeah, and uh you know, you can't obviously blame either the players or the coaches uh or even the administration, from what I hear, it's it was made decisions were made up uh, higher up than that. Um, but uh, you know, no doubt that uh, Paul is just as disappointed as we are, and um, you know, it definitely will. I mean, next year is going to be all that much more intense, I think. And uh, hopefully, those guys will get to play in the Coliseum of the Rose Bowl or or something like that. But yeah, cancel. Cancel, cancel. I, I'm just afraid it's becoming, you know, the new uh, modus operandi in society where it's just so easy to cancel things now, and we all kind of accept it. Whereas before, we understood that, uh, you know, a lot of work goes into things, and to just cancel them um, is going to make, to me, it's going to make society softer and um you know, less commitment, less uh, sacrifice, all that stuff is going to be a result in our society, and I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> well, Todd, we got a few people watching here. Looks like uh, Julene Ostegard Barrett, uh, Freddie Monteblanco. Freddie says, double up the mask, gentlemen. So, sorry, Fred. Uh, can't seem to find where my mask is. Um, it is indoors, and it is, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, very funny, very funny. Thanks for tuning in. Todd, while, while I got you here, Fred had a comment actually to me the other day that I wanted to share with you. Uh, I told him I was, I might be recording with you and uh, <laughs> Todd says, make sure 
to tell Todd that I will never forgive him for having us play in an AAU tournament down in San Diego in junior high. It was, I've never felt more humiliated <laughs> besides getting spanked at home uh, on my, uh, my junior year against uh, Flint Ridge on homecoming. So uh, take us, w- what exactly did Fred mean about an AAU tournament down in San Diego? Well, I believe we played uh, the number nine team in the country, and I think they're number four in California. Uh, and the score was a little less than 100 to a little less than 10. <laughs> uh, and not all the teams we played were that good, but we definitely did not belong there. Um, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes back then, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, um, what I really learned from the event that occasionally it's not a bad thing to, to see that kind of talent. And, uh, because a lot of guys responded with, wow, I got, I got to improve. <laughs> and, uh, I remember guys in the parking lot when we got back to drop kids off, Rather than just wait for the parents, they got out and they started dribbling the ball and doing a bunch of drills on their own. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, like he said, humiliating. Um, but, uh, you know, why did why did we do that? I think I was just looking to do a a fun trip with the guys. San Diego's a nice place to be, and uh, had no clue that we're. <laughs> what kind of competition we we're going to, we we're going to see. So uh, man, you've done that a few times where uh, you, you knew how to humble guys, whether it was on purpose or not. <laughs> you knew how to, yeah, Some of the teams you'd schedule against us. And I specifically remember playing baseball in seventh grade and never wanting to play it again. Uh, some of the teams we played, uh, but really good one, Fred. Uh, but Fred also had a question, Todd, for you. We're watching college basketball right now. We actually got some college baseball on. Uh, I mean, life's good right now, but I got to ask you, Todd, from Fred. um, He was curious what some of your uh, favorite teams were or or maybe who are some of your favorite players. And I know you don't get to sit down and watch sports as much as you'd like, but uh, that was a question from uh, my good friend Fred Monteblanco. He's curious at the teams you cheer for and who your favorite players are. Well, Fred... uh... Thanks for your question. Uh, for sure, do not follow my advice when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Uh, if you're looking to place a bet or something, do not take my method. Uh, because uh, kind of usually the way it goes is I don't really pay attention to college basketball until, you know, February, March. And some years I'm, I'm listening or watching games of USC, UCLA, um, I'll check out the top 25, see who's doing what. But I just basically root West Coast, and I fill out my bracket West Coast. And um, so the the closer to um, me, the the <laughs> the more I root for them. So um, I used to follow UCLA um, basketball when I was a lot younger. And uh, a lot of times what will happen, I think this is like for a lot of people, you'll see a really cool story or, uh, you know, one of the lower seeds and you'll kind of, that'll intrigue you. And then you'll, you'll kind of hop on that train for a little bit just because it's fun. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but, you know, no, no real favorites. I'm rooting for UCLA, SC. We got Gonzaga on the West Coast. We got San Diego State, um, Colorado, Pac-12. 
Utah State lost. Uh, is Santa Barbara in it? They are in it. They're yeah. the Big West champs. So um, that's my method, and my brackets are always uh, trash. So <laughs> um, not as uh, not in, I'm more into it as uh, the tournament to to really watch. I like watching the coaching. I like like seeing. Um, the strategy and what players do under pressure. I really am interested in that. So I, wa- I like watching what coaches and players do under pressure. And that's really what gives me the most joy watching these, these games. And then there's teams I root against, you know, Ooh, which also I, I makes like it that. fun, like you know, yeah. uh, the ACC, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, basically these days it's pretty much everybody, but any, any conference or any team that's better than the teams I root for, I root against. So uh, when Duke was pulling, you know, closing in on, uh, or I guess Coach K was closing in on John Wooden's uh, records or something like that, I root against them and that type of thing. It's just all fun. It's all trivial and it's all um, just, yeah, something to have a really good time with. Oh, yeah. Well, we actually are watching uh, Duke right now. Their baseball team, because their basketball <laughs> team didn't get in the tournament this year. First time in a long time. So I know Fred's kind of a Duke fan. Uh, and you know what? Honestly, if I, th- I thought it over, I probably should be a Duke fan. You know, just their program. But I've, I've always rooted against them, too. Like, I'm like, no, I'm not rooting for them. They're in the ACC. I don't, I don't, like, I don't like those schools out there. So anyway, yeah, Duke, out of the tournament. I uh, hope they're warming up or practicing or something uh well that's cool Todd. what about uh, other other sports other t- you like the local flair like you said who are some players that have stuck out to you over the years whether it be from the past or from the ncaa tournament any any march madness memories for you well uh march madness memories i remember miles simon um he sticks out i think that was 97 when arizona won i was in arizona um Wildcat basketball fan, you know, I was on that bandwagon when they were always really good. Um, the UCLA teams, uh, you know, Tyus Edney, uh, that team with the O'Bannon brothers and George Zedek, um, really liked them. Uh, let's see, the Gonzaga teams uh, of late, not necessarily any players, but I think um, that coach obviously has, Mark, Mark has, Few, yeah. has done something um, – does does things very well with all the success he's had. Um, hopefully he this year he'll, he'll win the title. Um, let's see what else. Just really, um, you know, I got into Princeton for a little bit. Princeton, <laughs> the backdoor cut. Yeah, because they, even though they took down UCLA. Yeah, they took down UCLA, but then that offense kind of became a uh, the craze, and and I'm always fascinated by teams who beat teams more talented than them yes because you know that's that's the the environment i coach in at at rio for so many years it's like we got to figure out a way to um play a different way uh than everybody else because if we try to go toe-to-toe with people well we won't be successful and so that uh the Princeton offense, I was really into for a while. Yeah. Uh, the LMU, the the uh, there was a thirty for thirty about that. And gathers Bo Kimball. Yeah, the guys who were just shooting every every three seconds or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That was really intriguing. And um, you know, if ever I coach again at 
at uh, and have the right players. I, I think that would be a really fun way to play. Um, yeah. Where did, um, where did that LMU team kind of rank with, like, the, the UNLV team? I know it was kind of around the same time. Were they both very similar styles? I know UNLV ran the running Rebels, right? They, they up and down the floor uh, pretty quick. But LMU would just shoot, like, as quick as possible. Were they similar? Uh, LMU was not nearly as athletic. Um, but I think it was, it was all about shooting yeah. and, um, and not playing really, really any defense. <laughs> uh, UNLV played defense. They, you know, they had, I think the Stacy Ogman was a defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. And, um, so they could, um, athletically play Duke and match up athletically Whereas LMU just couldn't, they, they just, you know, hopefully <laughs> hope you got tired and, yeah. uh, score more threes than you did too. So, um, so I think that was the main difference. What a, what a couple great teams those were at LMU Phillip fell short, uh, and then UNLV getting a national title in there in the early nineties. Uh, let's see, Julene, she wrote love Duke. And then, uh, so she loves Duke and then. Freddie Montablanco, Stanford. Yeah, Stanford, a good program. Uh, Casey Jacobson, Glendora guy. Uh, some, some really good players have come through Stanford. The, the Collins, was it the Collins? Yeah, the Collins brothers. Um, yeah, Pac-12. Back when the Pac-12 used to be a decent program or a decent conference. Now it's eh, kind of middle of the road. Well, Todd, we got Oklahoma State and Liberty on. We got uh, another game starting here in North Carolina and Wisconsin soon. We got some college baseball while we're waiting for some other games. Uh, but the shocker of the day, right as you got here, was number 15 seed Oral Roberts taking down the two seed Ohio State. Uh, I don't know how many people had that in their bracket. I, I, I threw out all kinds of projections today on my podcast. I did say that. I did say Oral Roberts would, would win. I'm not going to pat myself on the back too much. But, I mean, what do you think of that huge upset to start the tournament? Was that a 12-5 15 2. 15 2. Yeah. I, you know, I listened to your uh, predictions before I, I put out my bracket and I just go 15 2. Nah, <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. But interesting story about Oral Roberts since Jolene's on. Uh, we stayed at that campus on one of the summer trips. Oh. And that is when Parker had, was, he was miserable. He had the worst ear infection, <laughs> I think, ever. Wow. Uh, so there's a little Oral Roberts history. Um, but yeah, 15-2, I did not think that would happen. Um, hasn't happened that often. I mean, um, it really hasn't, uh, Hampton beating uh, Iowa state one year. Uh, it seems like every couple of years, 15-2 was like the huge up because no one had beaten a, a one as a 16 until a few years ago with, uh, well, who was that? Bal- uh, Maryland, Baltimore County, whatever their school was named. Um, but just it's to me, that's what sums up March Madness more than anything. Like you mentioned teams beating teams that are better than them, but they only have to be better than them one day. And Oral Roberts, I saw most of the game. I mean, they, they led practically the whole game. So it wasn't some fluke. They, they outplayed the Buckeyes today. Well, um, the, uh, what was that famous quote from, uh, the miracle, right? We'll play them 99 times, and they'll probably 100 times, and they'll beat us 99, but not tonight. And so, <laughs> um, you take that mentality 
into the game and uh, yeah things go your way you get some calls you um, get some momentum Steams, the other team starts choking a little bit which uh, pressure I think we saw that in which game was that yeah that was oh that we just watched uh, finished watching it was uh, Georgia Tech and Ohio State no, no. Um, that Loyola Loyola Chicago yeah no maybe it was Ohio State it yeah was they, the they Ohio missed, State, the, they missed yeah. the three pointer yeah that really good player um, he he missed like his last four or five shots including two free throws in crunch time and too bad for him but uh, you know that's what happens when uh, the pressure's on well you used to teach that a lot with guys you know there's two types of pressure the the one you feel the one you apply and so I, I think uh, I think that is always stuck in my mind and uh, if you don't feel pressure as a as an athlete keep in mind these guys are 18 19 20 year olds um, with tremendous weight on their shoulders and it is the guys who play the most loose really that are able to uh, kind of brush off that pressure I think and what I'm looking at now is uh, this quote that I got from point guard college and they say um, you don't rise to the occasion you sink to the level of your training Ooh. and so I'm you know when the pressure's on when you're when you're tempted to think about um, other things or maybe your subconscious just kicks in what have you trained yourself to do and that's why you know you mentioned it earlier today shoot free throws when you're tired the old Michael Jordan thing mm -hmm. um, you know putting yourself in situations um, I, I came up with a rule for myself I don't know probably when I was a freshman is like if ever I play the game of 21 I'm always going to end on a free throw. I'm never going to like hit a jumper if I have 19 or hit a three-pointer if I have 18 because it, it's practicing the pressure that, you know, more closely practices the pressure you'll see in a game uh, where that free throw matters. And so, you know, I would never get 19 in, in the game of 21. I always get 18 or, or uh, <clears throat> 17 or something, but try to end the game. Because, yeah, if you're not familiar with that game, if you, if you miss 21, you have to go back to 11. So I always like to put that kind of pressure on myself so that, um, you know, you're used to dealing with pressure and you're used to uh, shooting free throws in this particular case when uh, you had to make it. It, it was consequences when you didn't. So. Yeah, you got to simulate uh, game situations and simulate – uh, emotions and feelings that you go through in a game. I think uh, the coaches and players that do that uh, best really do excel. And uh, another comment here from Fred Monteblanco. He says, "I got you. Got to love those Cinderella teams. I always catch myself cheering for them. It's the beauty of March Madness. I couldn't agree more, Fred. Um, I and, and, and it's funny you you root for these teams for like a day or two because more often than not, their their run." finishes up i remember uh, all of us fred and a few buddies we were all cheering on florida gulf coast a few years ago before andy enfield came over to usc that team was going we were pulling for harvard one year uh what else uh i mean i love seeing teams like george mason like vcu that are able to get to the final four because i think that's a tremendous accomplishment but yeah there is something to be said 
rooting for these teams uh, like Liberty right now. Liberty's up on Oklahoma State. That would be a huge upset. Um, I think most people tuning in are going to be like, yeah, let's let's pull for these guys. Yep. You and know? Wisconsin over North Carolina. You got North Carolina, uh, you know, storied program, storied coach. And, uh, you know, if, if you know, you don't want to see North Carolina if your team's, you know, in the finals. You, you mm-hmm. would rather not play North Carolina just because – uh, you know, they've won several national championships, and Coach Roy Williams is one of the best. You'd rather see a lower seed. You'd rather see a less storied program. Um, and so that's that also gives you another um, uh, stake in the game yeah. because you're, you're rooting for someone who you think your team can beat. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think – there's something to be said about the the name across the jersey sometimes. It's like, oh, that is, even though North Carolina is an eight seed this year, uh, that's still North Carolina. They usually get pretty good basketball players over there, so uh, you never know what to expect, really. Sam Hersema joining up, uh, watching our Facebook Live here. Hello, Sam. We're, looks like we're getting some people now, uh, now that it's 4 o'clock or so, getting some people off of work. Good to, good to see you guys. Uh, Drew Amundsen, hey man, he says, what's up coaches, good to hear from you, Andrew Amundsen, hope things are well, Um, what was I going to say, Todd, oh, last night, the UCLA-Michigan State game, I don't know if you got to see any of it, it was kind of sloppy, UCLA had some poor offensive possessions, but they scratched, they clawed, they took the game against Michigan State to overtime, and uh, ultimately prevailed, but how crazy is it, Todd, that two historical programs like UCLA and Michigan playing State game. <laughs> playing in the first four of the play-in game. What, what, man, it's 2021. That's all I can say about it. Yeah, and uh, Tom Izzo, you know, a legendary coach. Um, it's just, I guess it's just, um, you know, the way things are these days with all the competitive equity that, uh, you know, the, you can't, of course, this, this theory is no good in football, where it's the opposite. You just have Alabama and, you know, a couple teams just dominating. But uh, it really seems like basketball, somehow, um, it's more it's more spread out. The, the talent, the, uh, the success, um, you're not getting teams going back-to-back. You're not getting teams going on, you know, like UCLA. Um, your runs of just being at the top. So that's that's interesting. That's something I'd like to to look at. Well, it's one game. One game, you know, um, every other sport, baseball, NBA, hockey, everyone else does these these series, right? And that, for me, that's why you love March Madness because it is one and done. And uh, I remember I used to play these basketball on the, the donkey courts all the time, and uh, you came up with the idea that, it was one and done as far as one basket. Okay, everyone's playing each other. If you gave up a bucket, you lose. It was one. Yeah. <laughs> one. It was very competitive that way. I got to say, first yeah. basket and you're off the court. New team. Yeah, it was super fun. I thought because uh, you know if you have 20 guys there, you try to um, any other system, guys are gonna get bored. They're gonna you know have to wait 20 minutes till we play. You know that's kind of like. Uh, going to a local park and you're lucky if you get into play, but uh, that one and done, that, that was, that was a, a lot of fun. And that whole thing, that just makes, now that you mention it, it makes what UCLA did um, 
that much more special in in my eyes, you know, because uh, they did it six years in a row, 10 out of 12 years or something like that. Um, so Coach Wooden was successful in getting his players to perform under that kind of pressure, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's uh, that's high level. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and the tournament was smaller that, you know, those years, less teams, of course, um, you know, only the conference champions went, I believe. So it was a uh, field of 32 or 16 even, but Hey, uh, you know, other teams were playing the same, <laughs> had the same rules, right? So uh, not much of a difference there. Um, uncle Peter Adomaly is watching. Hello, uncle Peter, uh, Drew Amundsen, good times. So talking, <laughs> I'm sure about, uh, the old RHP days. Thank you so much guys for tuning in. Um, what Todd is March madness. You're probably your favorite sporting event. If you had to kind of pick one. Well, let's see. Um, there's just a couple times a year. It's kind of like how life has evolved for me is like, I don't watch sports as much as you do. Like I don't watch it every day or every weekend even, but man, there's sometimes where I tell my wife, if I can have this <laughs> couple days or whatever, it is just so awesome. The first day of college football is like that. Um, NFL playoffs mm-hmm. can get like that. The The bowl season for me is like that. And then uh, as much, um, if not more, at least lately, um, bracket day uh for college baseball the day after memorial day uh that's always really exciting for me um let's see what else i was saying we're talking about for some reason the all-star game in baseball is a big thrill for me um and yeah that's that's probably it's probably it college college baseball college football bowl season um yeah i love the the college baseball postseason the whole con concept of it it's a little longer i know they're long days and two or three games a day and stuff but for guys like you and me if, if we had the time to just sit and watch we would and um it's it's not quite as exciting as march madness but to me it's it, it's it's baseball you're either a fan or you're not and uh, I know for you and me, the College World Series, I mean, is fun because that intense intensity every pitch, and and you know, we, we you and I got to go in in 2008 in person, so that was a blast. Um, so for me, March Madness, I love the regionals probably more than the super regionals, and then uh, kind of the College World Series as well because it's that like four team bracket, and it's just uh, best man wins. <laughs> Uh, Sam Hersema tuned in and he said, thank you for helping me kill the last hour of work. Good to see you, coach. Hey, <laughs> Samers, guys, Jolene, uh, Andrew, Drew, and Freddie. Man, good times, especially Saturday Night Basketball. I think that, that's the funnest time we ever had, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No matter what else we did, to me it was like Saturday Night Basketball uh, was just the best. Uh, come down and play um, and you know everything talk trash yeah you taught me how uh, to become a dirty player <laughs> and uh, then you and I as good a friend we, 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 we may have chested up a time or two as well <laughs> said some yeah. things to each other we shouldn't have said 
Yeah, and it's you know it's it's just and then you, you get exhausted and you go home on Saturday night and you're just like, man, that was amazing. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Hit Seven Eleven, grab a grab a large <laughs> Coke, head home, and be like, life's not better than this. This is amazing. This is great. Yeah. Oh, those games were intense. You know, because we would play for hours. Mm-hmm. Some we'd take about a thirty minute break to to have some pizza delivered, and then we keep playing, and it was just unbelievable. Yeah, all the, all the blacktop, all the all the grease and stuff all over you when you head home. <laughs> and I always thought those Saturday nights were better than uh, that actual March Madness tournament we had, you know, <laughs> in in different ways. Yeah, you know, uh, those tournaments were fun because teams got together, they came up with crazy names, crazy uniforms, and there was you know a definite champion at the end of the night, which makes it exciting. But those, like you're saying, the uh, just Saturday night basketball, they'd have a start time, no real end time. It was just kind of like, <laughs> all right, let's. Well, well, Mr. Fullerton comes and tells us it's time to go, then it's time to go because the neighbors are complaining or something. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Andrew Ramon said, absolutely, Todd. Back when I could run up and down a court. <laughs> Hey, I hear you there. Uh, I hear you there, uh, Andrew. Trust me. Uh, let's go, oh, Sam. March Madness 2008. I took an elbow to the lip. Split the lip, blood everywhere. Still have the shirt. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. from Sam. That's from Sam. That's great stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen it. He's all proud of me. He's like, see this shirt? It's <laughs> blood stains everywhere. Fred Montablanco. Yes. I'm the see. Yeah, Fred, I'm sure, played a, a bunch of basketball games with us Saturday nights. And it was crazy. Like, you know, you'd hit like two threes in a row and you'd just be like, hey, I don't miss in March, baby. Like, it was. <laughs> And then some guys thought they could just keep shooting, shoot themselves out of it too. And, oh, so much fun. Very violent. Let's see. The best friend, the best of times. I thought I was a cool guy with the headbands and wristbands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we always, we always uh, picked a team that was like a, a big upset. Like, uh, we're going to be uh, Valparaiso. We're, <laughs> we're going to be uh, Hampton or whatever. Sam, uh, was it you, me, Darren, and somebody else? I think we might have been the Salukis, and we won the whole thing. Am I remembering that right? Southern Illinois. or so, Yeah, right? Southern yeah, Southern Illinois. Illinois had a run one year, and so we were like, let's be the Salukis. <laughs> <laughs> I think we won it all. I think it was me, Darren, Sam, and I don't know. <laughs> well, there's a uh, – I'm, I'm curious who took most of the shots on that team uh, <laughs> with that with that group of guys. Uh, hello to, uh, let's see, Joe Baldino tuning in, uh, fellow football official. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, there's so many things that March Madness brings back memories of. And you know, for me, it's the games – it was – okay, it's Friday, Saturday this year, but usually it's Thursday, Friday. And the games out on the West Coast start at 9 in the morning. So – we, it all depended on who your teacher was. If you had someone like Mr. Dan Davis, he might wheel in a TV in there or turn the game on the computer or something that we could watch games on. Um, but other than that, you had to kind of find a TV at lunch or snack or whenever just to kind of catch a glimpse of the games. That's what I remember. Trying to trying to do schoolwork while March Madness is going on. That's, uh, that's criminal punishment, I think. Uh, a couple of years, I think, we had our arts week or whatever it was called, and I taught a baseball class. So... Uh, we were able to bring in a TV to the dugout, um, <laughs> which, which was awesome because uh, we were done with baseball by then. We had 
played all day and then had practice. So by Thursday, we're like, let's do something else. <laughs> <laughs> Fred model, Todd Fredette, like Jim or Fredette, the BYU, a uh, great score. Yeah, nice one, Fred. Uh, yeah, I, I just remember during, and as I got older, you know, what was, what was, it was a bummer is that, you know, it's played in March. So by this time your basketball season has ended and we're, we are playing baseball. And so, but it's baseball season and ducky basketball season, uh, because of March madness. But yeah, watching those games at nine in the morning or, or noon, I remember looking over, uh, oh, what was it? Sportline. I looked over the, uh, the counter and I saw on a small TV when Gonzaga, before I'd never really heard of them, they, they upset Florida, I think on the last second buzzer beater. And, uh, it's just stuff like that, that, that I remember. It's one of the coolest things. The fact that it is all day long, the first two days. So wh- what about when you were in high school? I know you guys were a great basketball team. Was March Madness. Did you guys all get together and watch games? Um, let's see. I, I think, uh, it was more, you know, when I was in high school, it wasn't, uh, as big in the sense that every game was not on TV. Um, I remember I was a Georgetown Hoya fan. Oh, um, interestingly. And, um, until like, I think my senior, junior, senior year, then UNLV got really good. And I like, I like them, but, what I do remember is uh, a lot of um, on the on the Easter weekend. Sometimes Easter would fall on the semis, and those were some great memories. Um, doing whatever we were doing, like practicing for the sunrise service or yeah. doing a team outing and watching the game. Um, I think I remember Louisville winning a game with. Um, it was the semis with Denny Crum, the coach, and never nervous Purvis Ellison. Remember that? <laughs> Great name. Um, and and then Duke really becoming one year as we were practicing for the sunrise service, and uh, that was when Duke was really kind of uh, before their great run with Coach K. Coach K was kind of young, and Johnny Dawkins and. And those players made a run, and I remember them interviewing Coach K, and they say, you know, you've you've done well these last two years. What's your philosophy? And he said something that I I go, I like that. Um, he goes, yeah, our philosophy is just go out there and play your butt off. <laughs> and um, I go, that's what they are. That's what they do. And I, I like that. Um, I, I'm not really a Duke hater because I like Coach K. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I do root against him sometimes. And then I watched that Christian Leitner um, 30 for 30. And I go, oh, okay, now I get it. I get it why people hate Duke. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. That was a good That was a good documentary too. Yeah. A really, really good one. Um, yeah, Oregon State, man. Pac-12 champion Oregon State beats – Tennessee today and not only beats them but really I mean it wasn't that close beat them by 14 points and led for most of the game second half really pulled away the Beavers Todd Oregon State didn't your wife go to Oregon State she did okay. uh, she got her uh, teaching credential masters there so go Beavs go yeah. Beavs. Um, being up north 
I got to go to a couple of their baseball games. I drove up there when Fullerton went up there. It's a really good college town. Um, unfortunately, they don't do that well in uh, football. But, uh, you know, a lot of college relatives are Beaver fans. Um, and, yeah, go Beavs. I mean, it's, it's exciting that uh, for the Pac-12 to maybe overperform uh, rather than underperform. And maybe maybe I'll be the smart guy this year because <laughs> of all the you know Pac-12 success. Whereas in years past, I was always the dumb guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, I, it, what's funny is you find yourself wanting teams to win, and sometimes we do that with our picks, the bracketology. We're like, well, I want them to win, or I think you know they should. You know, uh, it'd be nice if they won. Where you can't always pick with your your uh your heart you got to use your head at times but the beavers man first what did they do you remember what that stat said first win and first tournament win in over 30 years or maybe longer 82 i think oh man almost 40 years um man yeah outstanding uh they're for real at least the cool thing about the tournament you just got to win uh two games on a weekend that's it two games on a weekend then you get a week off and then two more like you can't uh, you, you you do the one game at a time thing but you know when you go into the dance that, hey, you're there for two games, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, you could really scout up the first team you play. But the second team you play, you know, you have less time yeah. to prepare. So um, usually um, you're going to see more upsets on the first half of the weekend and the second half. Um but yeah, much respect to the coaches who, who uh, I mean, I remember you talking to Joe Wellman and, and kind of their schedule when they go play somebody. Um, you know, this this year they play teams two days in a row, or and how just you know it doesn't stop after the game. Coaches got to get going, got to get working on the next game. <laughs> yeah. So there's that element too. Definitely, definitely. Um... Yeah, Oregon State takes down Tennessee. We got a few more uh, games here upcoming. Looks like uh, North, who's that? North Texas and Purdue just started. Uh, Cleveland State and Houston. That game's going on. So uh, man, we're, we're running out of TVs here. We we, we need some more more uh, televisions here. Might have to use even the laptop. We'll figure something out. Did you pick Cleveland State? I did in honor of my good friend Luther Wilson. Oh, that's right. I yeah, said, I was like. Oh, that's not going to happen, but we'll see. <laughs> I think I had two 15, team, 15 seeds beating uh, beating twos this year. I said, oh, what? I mean, the other thing is you got nothing to lose if unless you're thinking your bracket's going to be perfect or something. So why not make a few that are just totally out there? And then you could say, yep, I was right. Hey, there's Mike Reed, Carla's uh, cousin, right? Yes, Mike Reed. Uh, Working the North Carolina-Wisconsin uh, game, NCAA official. Somehow related to the Duras family. I'm not sure how, but, uh, yeah, it's cool to see him there. Small world. It's a very small world, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, so, okay, we got Houston, Cleveland State, and uh, North Carolina-Wisconsin, and then Oklahoma State and Liberty going. So we're, we're, the sun isn't even uh, setting yet, Todd, and we got plenty of action. This is great. I'm real excited for the San Diego State uh, team game that's later on this evening um wish we could watch ucla usc but i guess that's tomorrow um but yeah i took a team down there one summer to san diego state uh at a basketball camp there it was steve fisher at the time 
um, and that staff. Uh, great experience. So a little, little connection there. But yeah, um, someone who could possibly make some noise on the West Coast. Yeah, they, he's really put together, uh, or he took that program really up a notch, really. And what was Steve Fisher like as a, was he, he seems very friendly and, I mean, very knowledgeable, of course, former Michigan coach and uh, the, the Fab Five and everything. So it's kind of odd that he's coaching at San Diego State, but he did great things with that program. What was he like? You know what? Uh, I was shocked at his energy. He was looked really old and he yeah. you know he moved like he was very old i'm not sure how old he was but uh he came out there in basketball shoes and shorts and mixed in with the players and um he he kind of reminded me of someone like uh, rocky sato if you ever saw rocky sato coach he was oh, just yeah. so intense and um he was really generous with us our guys and and uh his time so he let you know i got to have some good conversations with him and uh kind of told him you know he saw our team and um i asked him you know what's you know what's the key what how do you you know you did well at uh michigan you're doing well here i go what you know what's what do you think the key is to success and he goes well i'll tell you you got to have players <laughs> and uh he goes, if you don't have players, then no matter what scheme, no matter what um, strategy or anything, you can only get so far. And, uh, you know, that was uh, a good thing for me to hear a guy at that level say because, you know, you grow up watching movies like Miracle and Hoosiers and you kind of get this picture in your head of, you know, if you just have the will, yeah. you can beat anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of my mentality of, you know, any team I coach, I think we can beat anybody we play. And, um, you know, it's always it's always that kind of magic that you're looking for. Now I look for magic in different ways, more of uh, team spirit, team cohesion, team, uh, you know, the the brotherhood. That's the kind of magic I look for. Um but as a young coach, you know, you want to be successful. You want to win championships. And um, he was just basically telling me, you know, um, if you don't have players, uh, that Disney movie is exactly that. You know, it'll happen once in a while, but <laughs> it's time. not the norm. It's not something you can expect to do. So um, to me, that was a real good thing to hear because it would be kind of uh, – Got my focus in a better place. How do how do you over the years as a, all the teams you've coached, uh, you've had your fair share of all kinds of different teams. You've had teams that were extremely talented where you probably didn't have to do anything, just roll the ball out there. So it's kind of a two-folded question. So in that sense, how did you keep it interesting or the team was so talented where you didn't have to do much? How did you keep their attention and also keep your attention staying active, coming up with new things, new strategies? And then on the flip side, you've coached some very, very bad teams, uh, no names, but that you had to do everything you could to get a, every inch of talent, every drop of it out and, and just to see if they could be competitive. So you kind of understand where I'm coming from with the two questions. I think so. Um, again, it's about what uh, what my goal is, and my goal 
is, um, you know, I want to experience magic with the team. And you get magic when um, you, along with them, see growth. And the real growth comes with all those uh, intangibles, um, the kind of spiritual qualities like sacrifice or discipline or, um, you know, looking out for each other. And um, so I'm always looking for, um, okay, how are we going to grow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're winning every game, and, uh, you know, that's fun. It's, it's fun to win. But uh, if we're not growing, then uh, we're wasting our time as far as what's really important. So especially when you're losing, you gotta, you got to um, – well, it's easier to focus on growth. When you're winning, it's harder to fo- focus on growth. I think with your team, um, I, I got spoiled kind of early because you guys pretty much won everything uh, until we got to that baseball. But <laughs> um, <laughs> That's right. But, uh, you know, it's the whole uh, Care Youth League, Real Hondo, and a lot of the coaching field in general is helping kids grow into men um and when you look at it that way what happens on the court as far as wins and losses and things you you like you're saying you tend to um look for what's what's going to challenge these guys what's going to help them grow um because it gets old if uh if you don't focus on that you know if, if you're especially if the games aren't competitive there's no real um, room for growth and you're just whooping up on people then that's not that's not fun um <clears throat> but yeah i mean um what do you think is that does that answer the question yeah i think so i mean it's just it's interesting because i i've known you to be you know quite a great coach i think any of your former players uh, will say the same people listening watching this will, will, will feel the same that you are able to get things out of guys, whether it's get more effort, get more uh, structure, whatever the case is, you, you're able to push guys uh, to, to higher levels. And, and, you know, there's also people that in, in dealing with young men that you can't get too much more out of somebody. Maybe they uh, giving all they had is, is all that you can ask for. And, and maybe sports isn't their thing, but I think whatever you're, your uh, effort, whatever your message, whatever your uh, direction is, you, you usually uh, get a lot out of people. And, and I, uh, I've talked to a ton of people on this podcast who have mentioned your name specifically for that very reason. Uh, but it's got to be a challenge. What, what keeps you going? Do you, it's, there's got to be some frustrating times as well. Uh, are, you, are you a coach that loves practice more than the games? I mean, I've heard coaches say that. I don't always believe it, but do you enjoy the preparation and the training more than the in-game adjustments and strategies? Yeah, I think um, I do. I um, I don't think I'm uh, very good at uh, the X's and O's, so to speak. Uh, that's not my strength. Um, but, you know, like I said, the practices are just so much um, – there's so much liberty and freedom in practice, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, in a game, you know, there's 
parents, there's fans, there's, you know, expecting the success is defined as winning the game. And there's just so much more um, that goes into what we view as success. And when you, uh, but then there's the game and magical moments yeah. that you kind of uh, play for as an athlete or, or dream about as a kid. And those you can't have in practice, you know, those type of, you know, buzzer beater or, um, you know, amazing finish or, uh, so I really do, um, like practice, especially when I'm prepared, (laughs) (laughs) um, going out there and winging it is not fun. Um, but, uh, you know, the games is, is kind of the, to me, the icing on the cake and, and the icing is, is a good, good too, you know? Did, did you ever have a time, I'm sure you have, you've coached a long time, where you prepared all week or all month, whatever the case is, you, you felt absolutely like you were ready, uh, you, the team was ready, everything felt good, and then game day comes, whether it be football or basketball or baseball or whatever, and things just absolutely did not go you, you go as planned. I think other times you know going into a game, I don't have a good feeling about this, but was there times when you felt good and things just did not go as you thought they would? Well, the uh, <clears throat> the ones that stick out are the championships that uh, we lost, you know, mm-hmm. and whether we were the better team or not, I, I don't, that's not the issue, but it's, um, I think, um, well, we, when we coached, uh, the Danny Castro team, and we had beaten uh, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa, Santa Ana, whatever they were. Yeah, and you know, uh, I thought we were prepared, and then they just go and they wallop us, <laughs> um, and found out that you know they had been scouting us and things like that, and we didn't we didn't do that kind of thing in junior high, um, but I was like, okay, this coaching staff. Um, put more into it than I did, and um, our guys <laughs> suffered because of it. <laughs> you know, again, like I said, we had beaten them earlier in the year, and then I remember Joshua Springs. Um, they had beaten us earlier in the year, I believe, and and we beat them in the playoffs. So it, it was flipped, you know. Yeah, um, the one I was referring to was they they beat they beat us, um, and again I, I felt really good about it. And I felt prepared, but uh, again, their coaches did something that I learned from, and um, it really stood out to me because I thought I was prepared, but I really wasn't. And um, so in that sense, um, that's what I remember. Um, I always feel like you know, we're, we're not prepared in the sense that uh, we play games before we're ready to. You know, there's so much in the games, uh, so much in baseball. You got to go, you got to go over, and you got to, especially when uh, you're starting to play at a higher level, um, and it's like there's not enough time to do everything you need to do. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you need to defend the first third. You need to defend the 
the bunt, you need to defend, uh, you know, the um, double steal. There's there's all kind of things that you um, can spend your time on, but we got to first catch the ball and we've got to... Fundamentals. Yeah. yeah. Fundamentals. And so, um, so in that sense, I always... Uh, I always wanted to do things, prepare off season, um, so that when we we could get to that, some of the more tricks of the trade type <laughs> stuff. Yeah, no, I, I I totally hear you, and and I think any times I've coached with you where something happened, I don't remember specifically, but something would happen in a game, and I mean, I remember you'd look me in the eyes and you'd be like. That will never happen. We'll never let that happen again. Whether it be a, a situation in baseball or uh, something on special teams in football, just sometimes there's moments that you get caught off guard uh, as as a coach, and you're just like, "Well, I can't let that happen again." And so you practice things uh, for a reason, specific, you know, to to each sport and each situation, um, because there is nothing better. On the flip side of what I just said, to to being shocked when you thought you were ready, to when you do prepare. You put in the time, you, you, things just click for you. The kids are ready, they play hard, they execute, and that is an incredible feeling as a coach. And I'm, uh, you've had plenty of those moments as well. Yeah, what uh, really sticks out is, is when we beat friends Christian <laughs> in baseball. That was that, a great day. For the first time. Ever. You know, uh, and it's just like, everything um that you practice came into play and it worked how it was supposed to work and you know um not only do you beat the other team you humble them in the mm -hmm. handshake after the game they're just kind of shaking their head it's like what just happened <laughs> um so yeah those those moments are really really a lot of fun we lost to these guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and that's, again, back to March Madness. That's the beauty of, of this sport and this weekend. Um, and, Todd, back when you played, uh, John Lee, your, your buddy from Oregon, said to say hello, by the way. I told him we would be recording. Uh, but anyway, uh, you guys had kind of a March Madness type of team feel, a March Madness feel to your team in high school where you traveled to some places all over California and also played in Washington, D.C., you beat some teams that, uh, well, at least looked like they were better than you. So that's is that kind of why you have a, a love for March Madness kind of from those experiences? Yeah, that my own experience in, in uh, growing up, and I think it's the way for everybody, it really shapes how you view, um, uh, it really shapes and influences how you move forward in life. And, you know, so we fortunately had a team that looked – did not look the part, you know, we, were, we didn't have anybody over six feet. We had, you know, um, one guy who was six one and we'd walk into gyms and literally people would laugh at us. And, um, you know that, um, but we were never intimidated because again, this, this goes back to a lot of my philosophy when coaching, uh, junior high and things playing better competition, because when I was in junior high, Mr. Drain, um, he saw us beating teams our seventh grade year that uh, if we played them our eighth grade year, uh, we just blow them out. So he went and got some really good teams and we played Pop Warner football and got our heads kicked in. And um, so that 
<clears throat> I remember in, we played a team called Hostler. I think they're from Linwood. But I've never been into a louder gym. This was middle school. We go in there, you know, in the heart of Los Angeles, um, predominantly black student body um, players, and uh, it was so loud. And um, so uh, when we get to high school, we're used to being um, used to being in environments where, um, you know, hostile or and so forth. But yeah, we we uh, we could play, and so we we you know we we were successful, and. Um, you know, so I, I took that mentality, that Hoosiers mentality into coaching, like I was telling you before, like, um, you know, it's possible. Guys, if you commit to this, it's possible to, to win a championship. Yeah. And I, I, you know, really believe that because I experienced it and that magic um, that we experienced. Now, there's things that I didn't recognize as talent as – that our team had, we weren't tall, right? But we were very fast, very quick. Not me in particular, but everybody else was really, you know, fast, athletic, um, gritty, uh, smart. And um, so we were not tall, but we we had players, you know. And um, so... Um, what was the question? Sorry. No, we're just we're rambling, man. There's no more questions yeah. here. Just talking about coaching. And uh, Andrew Amison chi- chimed in again. He said, only Todd was able to get me excited about playing baseball. So uh, that, that's uh, – and, and I know Andrew wasn't the only guy who felt that way. There was plenty other guys who uh, maybe begrudgingly learned to like baseball a little bit. Yeah. Um, I remember Paul Hampton saying <laughs> – yeah. uh, he was the guy who said – you know, we're just during baseball season after baseball practice and the courts are open. Let's go and let's go play some donkey basketball. And I said, Paul, are you starting to like some baseball? He's like, no, coach, there's football season, there's basketball season, and there's donkey basketball season. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. And that's, athlete. You know, that's the way that's the way I was. I did not like baseball. Um, but, uh, you know, um, Again, you want to make the best program you can for kids, and baseball was part of our program, and so you want kids to enjoy it and uh, helping them be successful, and is the way they're going to enjoy it the most, which uh, is a lot harder to do in baseball than in the other sports. <laughs> so yeah, Andrew also com- missed this comment earlier. Andrew said, "Nothing like a Dan Lawrence hot dog." So, oh my goodness, <laughs> Coach Lawrence always cooking the, cooking up the grub, and then Fred Monteblanco says. Uh, Quench gum, the best gum for the first 10 seconds. Good old sport line. <laughs> <laughs> you all thought it was, a, it was a superpower gum. We could always uh, jump higher and run faster if, if we had quench gum. That, that's funny. So I, I always joke with you about football, and, you know, you're not really into football, but I thought you were a great football coach, especially on the offensive line. Uh, and then you love playing basketball. But then you have this, like, baseball side to you that you like – coaching baseball maybe more than basketball i don't i don't know i i hate making you pick all the time but what are you are you a basketball guy or a baseball guy or are you both i mean if, if you can be how can you explain your love of each of those two sports uh you know really good question i think um 
man, football, there's, there's nothing like it. And I think, uh, you know, we're talking about Calvin Johnson, um, who performed really well last, last, uh, Saturday night, Friday night. And, um, it was kind of like we said, football is the, is the sport where character takes you the furthest. Ooh, I like that. You know? And, um, so a guy like Calvin Johnson, who's undersized, um, you know, because he's got such great character, it's the currency of character goes farthest in football. That's why I like that. Um, and again, the physical aspect of it, um, the other sports don't have, I guess maybe like hockey or rugby or something, but basketball, baseball, they don't have that, um, that kind of, uh, blood, sweat and tears, um, and broken bones aspect to it. So, um, you know, that's, that's why I love football. And I do love coaching football. Uh, you know, when you, when you're an offensive coordinator or whatever, and you, you call a good game, there's nothing, there's, you know, it's really hard to beat that. Um, and uh, again, I think you can, you can, uh, with football, if you can just develop the right mentality, you can be successful, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter what you, what kind of players you have. And it's all about developing that mental and physical toughness. Basketball, um, I I was not athletic in the sense that I could run fast, jump high, or uh, lift a lot of weight. So the hustle that the advantage you can gain in basketball because of hustle mm-hmm. uh, was something I really took advantage of um, because I wasn't tall, I wasn't fast I couldn't jump and I wasn't a big bruiser you know but uh you know I could just try harder you know (laughs) and uh that would give me a lot of mileage in basketball so naturally when coaching it if you can get guys to just um instead of going 90 percent going 100 percent at the right times uh you can make up a lot of uh deficit and talent there and then baseball I think it's just all about um, reps it's like practice and yeah practice if and if you practice. if you really want to be good at something mm-hmm. um, if you really want to hit you can do it you just have to put in the time and if you really want to uh, pitch you can do it you just have to put in the time and if you really want to field the ball you can do it. You just have to. You have to put in the time. And there's no shortcuts. Um, I think athleticism is uh, least important in baseball. It's important, you know, just like character is important in more sports than just football. But um, baseball, uh, if you if you just commit to being good at something, uh, you can be successful. And I I remember hearing stories about. You know, Greg Loomis, who's the best pitcher I've ever caught for, he could hit my glove uh, with three different pitches. I wouldn't have to move my glove. <laughs> and I asked him one time, how'd you get like that? And he says, yeah, well, I was in junior high. My coach, I think Jim Smith, said, you know, throw this many pitches a day, and I did it. And, uh, you know, so that's just that's a really good example yeah. of what we're talking about. I think Dan Kirby, same way, he was a catcher. And, uh, you know, 
he'd throw guys out at a high success rate. And he said, yeah, my coach just told me to take a bucket of balls every day and, and hit the base. Um, so I did it. And uh, by the time I was a senior, you know, I was really good. So, and I found that to be true in baseball as well. I, I tell the story to kids. I, I was so bad at hitting <laughs> that uh, my junior year I was DH'd for. And uh, that really, like, whoa, I'd never been, like, benched, you know, growing up in care. Or, um, but uh, so that really lit a fire under me, and I, I worked and worked and worked until where I became the cleanup hitter my senior year wow. without ever hitting a home run. You know, I was, I was a real contact guy, but uh, it took a lot, a lot of work. And, um, you know, it kind of proved the point that baseball is a sport if you can just put in the work. If, mm -hmm. if you want it, you want to be good, you can be good, mm -hmm. you know, which isn't necessarily the case in, in basketball, you know, <laughs> or, uh, you know, you want to be a really, really good running back and you're, you're not fast, then sorry. Um, you know, <laughs> Fred, Fred, Fred Montebanco, he wrote Saturday morning work parentheses, which was working off the merits is greater than baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, yeah, Fred was not much of a baseball player, but you know, as Todd mentioned, it required, you know, patience and practice and all that. And Fred didn't want to do any of that stuff. Uh, by the way, guys, anyone out there listening or watching the Facebook live here? Uh, who's got some questions for Todd or myself? Uh, that's one of the beauties of the Facebook Live here. S uh, send them our way right now. What whatever's on your mind. It could be sports related. It could be uh, random. We'll try to answer them if we can. Uh, for those of you, it looks like our our watch list is dwindling down a little bit. But that was a good one, Fred. Yes, yeah, Saturday morning work. Uh, Fred didn't get to sleep in too many Saturdays in high school because he was. Uh, Working off a lot of demerits, I'm sure. <laughs> so I got a question for Fred. Oh, here we go. Um, you and Dan Pastor, really good soccer players. Um, but the soccer program at Rio um, was not great, you know, in the sense that competing at a high level. But you guys both kind of bought into being on the basketball team. Was that difficult for you? How bummed were you that there wasn't a really – good soccer program at Rio? <laughs> That's a good question. We'll see if he responds. Uh, Fred did write in, I'm still en route chasing a baseball in the wash at El Monte. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that makes a lot of sense. That was one, one reason you had to catch the ball in, in baseball practice because if you missed it, it was going to go miles and miles and you had to chase it down in the, 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 the wash the, down there in the reservoir where there's glass and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Oh, good times practicing baseball in a wash. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you you knew Todd. Wherever you had to find a place to to practice, and sometimes there were no fields available. Yeah, and you know you make the best of it. And again, you don't want um, what the reason I think I, I got into baseball was because um, you know your class. You had you had a, a really good baseball guy and I didn't want to lose him because we didn't provide a good baseball program so that's when we got into that league and um <laughs> so you know facilities weren't going to stop us we we're going we we're going to um find a way to 
to get get better to practice and um you know i remember anthony galdi whoa he would slide on that cement oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes there's glass out there you know we try to sweep it off and everything we put painted bases out there and everything but um it was still cement you yeah. know um but it was good for some things it wasn't good for other things but uh you know, we weren't going to um, say, oh, we don't have a place to practice, so we're not going to practice and we're going to be terrible. Um, <laughs> that was not an option. So Now, now yeah, real hondo, doing what you got to do. Uh, indeed. Well, Todd, North Texas has a lead on Purdue. Uh, that's pretty awesome. We had uh, Cleveland State. They're hanging in there against Houston. They're a little behind, but uh, some some good games so far. Uh, we, we have a long night ahead of us, really, watching Plenty of uh, plenty of basketball, and uh, I'm trying to think who else is Andrew still on? Andrew, I think he's still on. Andrew, okay, okay. Here's Fred's response. I'm not gonna lie; it was Al. I don't know what that means. Fred. Come on, Fred, finish typing your sentences. You're probably driving in a car and crashing it as as we're uh, he's trying to type us a response. I'm not going to lie, it was A-L. And then he cut off. Scary. Must have, it may be always hard, I don't know. But now now real play soccer, don't they? Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know about now, but... Um, they got boys volleyball that, and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember working with Fred one time, and he, we were cleaning pools, and he fell in. Oh, yeah, he told... He, <laughs> He told me to ask you that, or you, or you, uh, that's funny. He told me to ask you that, and I didn't even uh, talk to you about that today. Yeah, you guys were pulling, <laughs> how did he fall in the pool? I don't know, to be <laughs> honest with you. Uh, he didn't fall all the way in. I think it was just uh, up to his leg, knee or something. Um, but, you know, he was he was a good worker, um, and, uh, you know, always appreciated <laughs> His, his attitude, you know, um, even if he didn't like baseball, you, did, you, you didn't tell. He didn't give you a hard time or he didn't mope or whine. He he tried to go out there and have a good time. So, yeah. Well, here's, OK, Fred got back to us. He says it was always a little tough, especially trying to explain this concept of soccer similar to hockey. It's OK to kick the ball backwards to move the defense similar to moving the hockey puck on the ice. Yes, I was driving. So. Uh, okay, I guess that answers the question. Here's a question from Andrew Garcia. Uh, Andrew Garcia, uh, Andrew Amundsen. Question for both of you: How many championships could we have won if Nick Preciado would have played in the championship game? <laughs> I think he's referring to me kicking Nick off of the uh, the team, the defensive side of the ball. Maybe I don't know because I thought Nick because he was fresh for offense uh, in football anyway, and you ran him a lot, I believe. Yeah, I mean, that was one of those teams where they were just so talented that, uh, you know, didn't have to really do much. <laughs> you had Andrew, James, uh, uh, James Ramirez, Nick, um, got Dula. I mean, he had a lot of speed. Um, we used to run the wash, run up run up the, the stairs up to the club rooms, uh, and man, Andrew was so fast. He'd get up there in 1.3 seconds. So that's about <laughs> 15 steps. And he just explode up there. And I never had anybody 
when do those drills get up there that fast? Um, but uh, yeah, we I remember, you know, we were going to our basketball tournament, and um, I don't know if Nick forgot something and he had to leave the bus <laughs> and go go get it or something. But I said, yeah, just hustle because we got to go. So he went and got his stuff. He was coming back, and we're yelling. Come on, Nick, run. We got to go. And he, he just kept walking. So we left. <laughs> and uh, we upset Flint Ridge. They had that big 6'4 guy. And um, I don't know if we won the championship or not. I don't even know if Nick, he might have got a ride there for the second game. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, Nick, Nick uh, you know, he wasn't going to be – bullied into doing anything no love that guy love that guy uh, he's fun to chat with and uh see him in las vegas actually last year i believe before everything uh shut down and everything uh yeah fred fred commented oh no i fell in all the way fell in the pool <laughs> fell in the swimming pool and then and that was before school so oh, he had really? to i think it was before school so he had to he had to get dry clothes or he just went to school wet probably just went to school wet Oh, Fred Bonablanco, we love you. We love you indeed. Uh, well, this will probably be our podcast on Monday because we were going to talk about the Real Hondo Prep uh, versus Pasadena Poly game on Monday and probably have Mark Carson back on. But this was a this isn't bad. This isn't a bad uh, second place situation to have you on the pod and do a do a little live video too. Talk a little March Madness, a little bit about coaching and. Uh, Anyway, what did Andrew say? Ha ha, lost the next game to Polly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Was Nick there, Andrew? Did he show up? He must, who knows? I could just see Nick saying, I can't believe you guys left me. I can't believe, <laughs> you guys left. I was coming. I was coming to the bus. Nick, we told you to run. You did not. <laughs> That's a good one. Could you do that today to, by leave a kid at campus? Probably, oh, probably could not. Huh? Probably could not. I mean, that's another thing we used to do was drop kids off. You know, if they talked on Quiet Street, was say, all right, get out. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then I, I got in trouble for that. So that ended, you know, that kind of era. Oh, man. You know. Um, all discipline is out the window these days. That's a good rule. You talk on Quiet Street, you yeah. walk. That's easy. That's a really good one. Did, um, I was going to ask you about the curveball. Because no. I think you mentioned you, you had trouble with the curveball. Yeah. Was that just an eyesight thing? Um, do you think... Uh, had you I, th- I kind of thought we uh, definitely in those workup games I would throw curves yeah I remember that because uh, it was the only way to get some guys out <laughs> well you didn't need it for me just I just I was scared of the ball I didn't understand the spin thing you know re- you know reading the pitch and I remember the first day though that I, that I did hit one I got a single up the middle I was so fired up but I did you know my eyes weren't very good either so that didn't help but I can tell you now I these days or at least Last year when I was umpiring, I, I could see curveballs really well now. I, I still can't probably hit it, but I could see them. I could see it and know exactly where the ball's breaking through the strike zone and all that. Now I, I could see it much better. But, again, I don't have to hit it, so it's much easier. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think I could get hitters to the point where if they knew it was coming, they could hit it. Uh-huh. But to have to read it, you know, we just did not have enough – reps no you know that uh 
So we try to figure it out. We try to, you know, pick signs or or uh, pitcher tendencies or, you know, if he do something with his glove or whatever uh-huh. and, and, and tip hitters off. But then, you know, there's some hitters who could. You know, Nick Nick Preciado was one of those, uh, Gabe Shriver. <laughs> those guys, you know, they could pick the ball, spin up, and they could um, stay balanced and just Little things, hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, finding in a, any any way you can to – that's the game within the game, and it's not the cheating, you know, where, you know, like the Astros thing or whatever. Uh, but anyway, Andrew Garcia, he says he's got to go. Miss you guys. He says he loved how – uh, you and I, Todd, used to make examples of guys <laughs> referring to Quiet Street and things. Lyle Evans, hello to Lyle. He Whoa, says, he says, Wes. <laughs> he says it's been a long time. Since How's I've... the soccer coach doing? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he'll chime in here and say something. Uh, he, he says it's been a long time since I've heard about Quiet Street. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny is talking to a lot of former Real Hondo Prep Care Youth League guys. Uh, Craig Klingman, he talked about uh, he talked about his first day at Quiet Street as a young kid, like six years old. Everyone just started not talking, and he didn't understand it. He's like, "Hey, why is everyone quiet?" And then they're like, "Shh." So uh, it's something you just learn uh, learn to go with the crowd, I guess, in that situation, anyway. Yeah, I remember that's the way it was on my first summer trip. There was no manual or training <laughs> session. It was like, "Oh, that's a dollar." I'm like, what? Well, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you were fake fighting in the Capitol, embarrassing the group. Like, oh, okay. Um, that's $5. You didn't finish your meal. Like, oh, you have to finish your meal? Okay. And, you know, you learn. Yeah. But, uh, you know, now someone will be like, well, where's that written? Yeah. Show me where that's written. That, I didn't see. You didn't tell us that. It's not fair, but it's effective. I used to get uh, kids used to, yeah, not fair, but it's effective. Hey, maybe those are some, uh, that's a good way to have some policy. I remember kids or players drive me crazy when they'd be like, well, you didn't, you know, you, t- you get after them for something and you'd be like, well, no one told me that. You didn't tell me that. And I'd be like, okay, uh, hey, breathe. <laughs> hey, make sure you breathe today. Yeah, I remember you, you gotta, be, gotta be told to breathe. Like some things you shouldn't be, have to be told what to do. But anyway, oh, one of the fun parts of, uh, of coaching young kids well uh we should wrap it up here soon we've been chatting almost an hour or so let's see lie 11 any any questions or comments guys get them in now before we wrap up here in the next few minutes lie 11 says very good soccer soccer is very good i still remember the days of stockton and malone in the march madness turn <laughs> oh sweet uh um wes do you remember uh Weeza the giza <laughs> I think we were like trying to figure out nicknames for people, and we said, "Wes, what's what's your name nickname?" He's he's like, "Weeza the Giza." Like, sweet. That ain't bad. I don't know if he made it up on the spot or. That is interesting. Yeah. I've, okay. Yeah, I forgot Wes. I was wondering why Wes and then Lyle. Why the two names? Anyway, no, no need. It's all good. Say hi to your brother and your dad for me, Wes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good family. Proud Gators back in the day. Absolutely. Yep. A lot of lot father of, softball, father softball indeed. Yeah, I he was he was an intense competitor there, there Mr. Evans, and uh, man, North Texas taking an eight point lead into halftime against Purdue. You gotta love this March Madness stuff. Um, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Evans, and then a lot of bus rides with uh, with Wes and his brother. Uh, you know, just to and from Rio, and all kinds of good memories. 
That's that's cool. It's someone I haven't heard from in a long time. Right? Yeah. Chiming in. Well, guys, if there's nothing else, uh, we will wrap this up. Thank you for tuning into our live podcast edition here on uh, the Get Home Safe podcast. Todd, is there anything you'd like to say about anything? March Madness, the Rio game, uh, just anything in general? Oh, it, just in general? Um, yeah. I I think I speak for a lot of people when I say, Matt, keep it up because uh, <laughs> we're enjoying it. And the new things you're adding, uh, I'm enjoying the, the whole sports uh sports memories and greatest sports memories that uh that struck a nerve i think with a lot of people it's, it's just good to relive those you know it's fun oh yeah oh yeah you man. know I, I appreciate that I, t- I was thinking of some of my uh the sports the moments that you got you guys all talked about but um you know as far as the great buzzer beaters or whatever but some experiences like for me that have been special is the first time i walked into the rose bowl a Rose Bowl game was my first college game ever. Uh, that like literally took my breath away. <laughs> um, the Manny Wood. Oh man, that era. that was incredible. Yeah, I, yeah he I was, was so hot. It was unbelievable. Instant offense. How good he was. Um, let's see anything else. Um, just moments like that, you know, where you just appreciate. Um, you don't get this. Remember Gagne, else, you know? Gagne, though, him coming into games? That was incredible. Do you remember this, Todd? You and I went, it was at, Gagne had, I don't know how, what, 40-something saves in a row. He had some ridiculous streak going. If you, if you look back, we were, we, you and I were at his final uh, save of the streak before he, he blew a save or whatever. Oh, wow. We were at Angel Stadium. Uh, I think I had refed a bunch of games or something. I had some money, and I was like, Dude, let's go get some really good seats at a Dodger Angel game. And we, we we spent some money, and we were behind home plate, up a few rows in a, in a really nice section, and we watched the Angels-Dodgers, and one of my many fun memories with you. And uh, we spared no expense and had a great time being right up front. Yeah. Uh, the other really cool one was opening day, Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Was it? Juan Pierre? No, for the cycle, no, or? no. Um, not Juan Pierre. Uh, who was, who that? was that? Second baseman? Not Delano the Shields. No, no. After that, um, oh, I remember it though because the last one he la- he needed the triple, right? They Kenny always needed a triple. Not Kenny Lofton. I'll look it up right now. Uh. But he needed a triple, and on his last at-bat, he got the triple, and it was a semi-close play into third base. And everyone's cheering, cheering, cheering. The play happens. He dives in. There's a brief pause in the cheering. Umpire saves it, and then the crowd goes nuts. Yeah, hit first cycle. Um, uh, I'll, I'll figure it out right now. The, another really special thing was seeing Deion Sanders play baseball at Dodger Stadium. I think he was on the Reds. Oh, really? And I think he got two triples. He was just so fast. Around the bases, it was unbelievable. Um, Orlando Hudson, by the way. Orlando Hudson. Orlando Hudson. And then one time I was with Pete at Dodger Stadium. Pete was a big Daryl Strawberry fan. We both were kind of Mets fans, and uh, the the Mets came to Dodger Stadium, and we bought cheap seats. And then about the sixth or seventh inning, we moved up, and uh, (laughs) we're sitting right behind the Met dugout, and then. the Mets go out into the field, 
and all of a sudden Daryl Strawberry pops right out of the dugout and Pete sees him and Pete literally like jumped in the air. He's like, Straw! <laughs> I've never seen him so excited. That was a great moment. Yeah, what was it like when you got, he was a star in, in, um, in uh, New York but then for him to come to Los Angeles, were you guys all just super fired up being Daryl Strawberry fans? Yeah, and not not him, but Eric Davis, too. Eric Davis, I don't know if you know who that is, but he was not quite a biggest star because he was in Cincinnati. But he was um, just just as good as Daryl Strawberry, if not more electric, because he was the type of guy who would get hurt um, being too aggressive in the field. You know, he, <laughs> he'd die for balls and break a rib or something but they both came over at the same time and um you know i take that back i i don't think we saw him when he was on the mets i think he was a dodger but anyways it was, it was real early in his dodger career but yeah i mean that was um you know that's probably when pete became a dodger fan because he was a pittsburgh pirate fan for a long time mm -hmm. i think he still is but uh going to a couple of those games with dale strawberry and eric davis um that probably probably sealed it for him yeah gotta get pete on the podcast man I, i've uh he's a busy man these days you know a newlywed and everything and uh it'd be great to chat with uh with pete clark someday and i know a lot of listeners out there have said hey you should have pete clark on yep. okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get him i promise we're gonna keep really but significant to you like seeing your favorite player um just total random stuff you know justin garza is that his name justin garza pitched a no hitter the first game i took david daniel to at cal state fullerton really we still have that ball oh wow you got a ball that was cool yeah we got a ball was it justin garza justin garza yeah Mm -hmm. A kid who played uh, high school baseball at Bonita. Bonita, yep. And uh, little guy, little yeah. guy that but but could could really rev it up and locate. Oh man, yeah, yeah you got that right. The dude threw you know mid nineties and oh, just put it right where it needed to be. Um, that was fun. The time we went to a Dodger game down in San Diego, the same day they traded Paul Aduka and uh, <laughs> everyone, as you're you're getting the tickets because you got tickets on eBay or something. You're getting the tickets. Or maybe I got them and walked back into the bus, and yeah, the guy who sold me the ticket said, "Yeah, they just made this massive trade," and I was like, "You were devastated." Oh my goodness, I love Paul Laduca, and the <laughs> Dodgers had never been to the playoffs or hadn't been yet, and so they had a great team, and they made that trade for Hesop Choi and uh, who else? Steve Finley, I think, eventually. But yeah, Paul Laduca, that was that was a rough one. Yeah, Sandy, but that ballpark was something though, huh? Oh yeah. That was, that was a good experience. Brand new down there, you and me watching that. We've already talked about Omaha. Um, Kurt Suzuki's was it a grand slam against Long Beach? Walk uh, was it a walk off? Yeah, it was walk off home run. Yeah, walk off slam. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, you know what I liked too is is going to Fullerton again the regionals because you'd be there all day for two games or in some cases three games, and because Fullerton was on tv they had some western they'd start those games at like eight o'clock or nine o'clock even at night <laughs> and so we we'd go to the first game at like four or five and then go get something to eat come back and the late game fullerton had to win both games in the same day to advance it was stuff like that that i will always remember 
uh, staying up late in the cold watching, uh, you know, college baseball with you or just uh, uh, anything really. But Oh, yeah. You remind me of the uh, USA baseball story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the U- baseball still had the Olympics were still in. Man, slow down. Baseball was still an Olympic sport at the time. I think it was the last year. And the USA was playing, I don't remember, but I said, Todd, we got to watch the game. And it was like at 4 a.m. or something because it was somewhere around the around the world. And uh, I said, Todd came over, 4 a.m. I think we had some donuts. We, we watched <laughs> the, the USA in baseball. <laughs> they won. <laughs> they won, and it was uh, it was dark, and it was just – quiet and we're just watching a ball game at four in the morning <laughs> it was something yeah hey, no practice you know no game or anything to conflict with uh, it's a great time well you know we all have lives and are very busy you, you're family man now four kids and you know sometimes having that silence or in this case the only sound is the announcers on that television with with just a few basketball games it's just it's very peaceful mm. right mm-hmm. very peaceful so we got peace, we got pizza, we got television. We're good to go, man. We got plenty of uh, basketball here to watch here tonight, but wanted to talk to the listeners out there briefly. All right, Todd, anything else? That's it. All right, man. Let's uh, get back to watching basketball. Hope everyone enjoys the basketball over the weekend, and thank you so much for tuning in to a special live edition of the Get Home Safe podcast. Big thank you to Todd Carson for coming on the program and sitting around and watching some basketball with me on Friday. I got to say, Todd, you've had a tremendous uh, influence on so many young men. Uh, I got to play for Todd when I was in seventh grade. We were his first class, and then getting to coach with him later was a tremendous privilege, and uh, I've learned so much from Todd. He's, uh, again, made such a great impact on so many young men, and uh, I enjoy having a conversation with him any chance I get. I will definitely have him back on as a recurring guest because uh, always, always fun chatting with him. He and I have a lot of good memories uh, of times together watching sports. We don't get to do it that often, but when we do, it's always memorable. And uh, whether it's, you know, at a baseball game, eating some kettle corn or, uh, you know, at at my house in a quiet living room, eating, eating pizza, whatever the case may be, it's always a blast, my friend. So looking forward to doing it again. Guys, let me tell you about something that's occurring uh, this week it is not really affiliated with our podcast. I'm recording this currently on Sunday, and later today I'm supposed to record with the Pro and Con podcast with Zach Stiver, Javier Rodriguez, and Chris Calderon. I'm supposed to be their featured guest on, I think their podcast comes out either Wednesdays or Thursdays. So uh, be sure to look out for that. I will definitely post information about that on our social media platforms to keep you guys updated but i'm very much looking forward to recording with those guys i'm a big fan of their podcast uh they're they're a little a uh, little out there with some of their humor and things but it makes it fun it's it's a always a fun uh, listen for me to to listen to a few guys i used to coach or guys that went to real hondo prep and, and i think they're doing a great job over there with their topics and things so uh, very much looking forward to that, so I, I will uh, keep you guys posted, but keep an eye out for the Pro and Con podcast uh, this week. I will be the guest on there. I think it's going to be this week, i got to imagine, but uh, looking forward to that, so keep
keep an eye out for that. And guys, as always, keep an eye out for our social media postings. Uh, We always post the episodes. We post the upcoming guests, information about upcoming guests and all those things. So be sure if you haven't already, give us a like, give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have many different accounts. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. Shoot us an email with topics or content suggestions. I still want to hear from some of you guys regarding some of your favorite sports memories. I think it's a really good thing to look back on and, and just kind of remember where we were when a lot of these things happened. Plus, it's fun to see. Uh, the variety. Some of us, we share similar memories, but for some of us collectively, there's there's different ones out there. And I think we can all appreciate uh, the different memories of sports viewing and such. Anyway, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, whether it's Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to the Get Home Safe podcast. I really like the Google podcast app. It, uh, it uh, is refreshing and kind of a good format. So however you listen, be sure to subscribe. And for those who don't know, subscribing doesn't mean you have to pay anything. It just means you follow the podcast. You'll get notified of new episodes and things of that nature. So that's what that means. I, I know I didn't know that uh, months ago. So anyway, be sure to follow us, give us a like, retweet our episodes, share them if you like. It, it all helps the podcast grow and we greatly appreciate all of the support out there. I'm recording with Bill Barnes uh, Monday morning. Well, this is out Monday morning. So uh, anyway, (laughs) if you haven't got your topics in or questions for Bill Barnes, be sure to do so usually by Sunday nights so we can uh, put everything together for Bill and I to record Monday mornings usually. But sometimes we do it Tuesdays as well. Anyway, lots of topics already with Bill Barnes on Wednesday for the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. I promise you he will be fired up and I have a great deal of things to discuss with him. Uh, a lot of current events, a lot of things in politics, a lot of other things going on. And of course, I'll ask him about if he got to see any basketball as well. So be sure to tune in there on Friday. We have a special guest already recorded. Uh, going to be a fun conversation there. But I want you guys, to, we're going we're gonna to tease it a little. I'll tell you guys at the end of the episode on Wednesday who that will be. But I think most of you will recognize the person's name and uh, will tune in, as most of you do, on a regular basis here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Appreciate all the views or listens, I should say. We've we've had quite a few in recent months, and podcast continues to grow. At least it seems like people are continuing to listen. So that's it for me. Happy Monday. Everyone, have a great rest of the week. Enjoy the March Madness. I know it's going to be weird here with a couple days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with no basketball, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it together. I will be with you here on Wednesday, and we'll put out another great episode for you on Friday just to keep things flowing. Hope you guys are excited for the Sweet 16 next week. I sure am. We'll be uh, back next Monday to talk about all of that from the weekend that was. But first this week, the weekly Wednesday weigh-in and a special long-form interview with a guest on Friday. All right, guys, have a good one. Enjoy the rest of the week. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Mm-hmm.